finally fixing my teeth with Invisalign. I have finally started my Invisalign treatment. I talked about it a long time ago. They have these plates made that you wear in your mouth that ever so slightly change the location of your teeth. So your mouth feels like tiny amount of pressure and maybe even pain, you could call it. It's just so tiny, but it's always there. The reason why I was willing to do this is because you can take the plates out for, well, technically they say two hours is like the ideal, but I'm going to be taking them out for four hours and just extending my treatment. So for four hours a day, I won't have these plates in. I will stream and whatnot. Maybe go a little bit longer than that, whatever. And then for the rest of the day, I'll wear them. Every three weeks, you're given a new set of plates that are slightly different than the ones you had before, which ever so slightly move your teeth again. And so after probably going to take me like nine months of getting a new plate every three weeks, my teeth will be perfect. Because you take them out and you get that relief, it'll probably take longer to get used to them. But certainly when I first started wearing them, when they first put them in, I was like this, how am I going to deal with this? Then like 12 hours later, I was like, yeah, okay, this is still irritating, but it's a thing. And as I'm driving before, I was like, oh yeah, this is just a thing. As with all things, you just get used to it. My biggest concern is that I'm now on like on the clock with streaming. I don't stream usually longer than four hours a day these days. But uh, when I want to do full runs and stuff, I need to stream six and a half hours. I'll just have to deal with that, I suppose. And hope that the rare occasion that I do that isn't uh, a concern. I got twisted and ended up opening more CSGO skin crates. If you remind me, I can open some uh, CSGO crates for you. I still haven't pulled my gloves. So like, I'm probably many thousands of dollar dues in the hole by now, but you know, sunken cost fallacy and all that. I don't care, man. I will do it until I pull gloves. I don't care about the consequences. I may go bankrupt. I very rarely allow myself to do stupid things and I'm having this one thing, okay? This is my stupid thing. Please don't go bankrupt. You should be like cheering for me to go bankrupt. That would just make me more desperate to make even more content. So I did finally unbox a pair of gloves with CSGO and I unboxed like the worst gloves in the game. Effectively valueless. I wasted thousands of dollars on those crates and I'm probably a couple of thousand dollars in the hole. It's a nice reminder that I am human and there's a reason why I avoid gambling in general. I make note of this partly because it's embarrassing and so it will remind me to avoid this shit in the future, but also to remind you guys, don't open CSGO cases and don't gamble. You will just lose. If I'm not willing to uh, deal with the embarrassment of failure, then I shouldn't have uh, opened them in the first place, right? No, my giveaways are not rigged for Twitch subscribers. So I have a giveaway going on right now, and every single time I do a giveaway, there is a bonus given to Twitch subs. I would like to do it for YouTube members as well, but there's no such option. And I always get the complaints. Man, this is just rigging it for the Twitch subs, man. Like the Twitch subs are guaranteed to win. In reality, there are so few Twitch subs compared to non-subs that enter. On average, one Twitch sub wins because of their extra entries. Yes, Twitch subs have a higher chance of winning individually compared to a non-sub, but there's so few of them that the vast majority of the winnings go to non-subs anyway. And of course, all 4,000 Twitch subscribers aren't going to enter. The soundtrack to this video game traumatized me. When I was a kid, there was this video game that scared the fuck out of me. But because I was a kid, there was so few video games to play that I still played it. I've talked about it before. It's called Echo the Dolphin. I can't remember why it got linked to me recently, but 
the soundtrack was presented to me and it reminded me how how psychologically scarring the soundtrack to this game is. Like I was a kid, right? I want to have you listen to a little bit of some of the songs. How creepy is this? You are nine years old, trying to play a video game, and this is the soundtrack. While playing this game, you are in the deep, deep ocean. Something that is like scary normally. And you have a finite supply of oxygen and food. And so these soundtracks are blaring into your skull. And you're like, oh my god, I need some, I need some air. I'm gonna die. Oh my god. Ah! Nightmare inducing. I kind of want to play this game though and see if I can actually beat it. Because it's a Sega game from back in the day. So basically impossible to beat. Maybe one day. People forgetting details of GTA 5 cutscene. So for the longest time, I've talked about how we don't remember things perfectly, and things that happen to us in the future can impact how we remember things of our past. How our memories slightly warp and distort based on new information that we can receive, to the point where we can create whole new memories. And one thing that perfectly showed this to me was this short that I made. Did you know that hidden in the files of GTA 5, there is an alternate unfinished cutscene for the chase with Molly on legal trouble? I think you need some help right now! Save me from this murderer! Hey, come on! Move! A madman's coming! Oh, stop! Look out! That didn't have to happen! Oh, man! Fuck me! Uh, at the beginning here, I show the original cutscene where it's just Michael's here and Molly gets sucked in from this angle. And then I show the unfinished deleted cutscene, which is this. Now, their mouths aren't moving and whatnot because the cutscene was never finished. And I know it was not finished because I added the sound effects. I added the voice lines. I added the music. All of these cutscenes that were unfinished had no sound files attached. However, so many people wrote comments being like, I saw this cutscene that way on PlayStation 3. 10 years ago, I was like, oh, I'm glad I saw it in the actual game before it was removed. All, all these people, and full sincerity, probably believe that. Because the, the cutscene that you see is like, if you have any ability to imagine things, clearly you can imagine how Molly would be sucked in. I mean, you think back at this scene, you're not gonna think of it in terms of what you saw on the screen, looking at it from Michael's angle. You're gonna think of it as, well, Molly's getting sucked in. 
And so it was just funny how many of these comments were like, man, as I say, showcasing uh, how people misremember things after so long. I will soon have a new most viewed video. 117k likes on a short is insane, by the way. Oh, you have no idea. Watch this. Say hello to my fourth most viewed video of all time. This doesn't make sense, and I'm okay with that. And it is just a random fact from the series. Just, just presented a little bit better. All it is, is this dude who, when it plays out, it doesn't take consideration of the ground. And so he walks out over the air. And then when he's out there, he looks down and falls. So like Looney Tunes shit. And that's what a lot of people commented. 400,000 likes within less than a week, my fourth most viewed video. These are only slightly ahead of it, chat. This will likely become either my second or first most viewed video ever in a week. And this video made me no money. If this was a normal video, this would be worth thousands of dollars, potentially like $10,000 or something. Changes to my YouTuber memberships. Also for those who it matters for, hello, I've removed the member tier in order to just have one tier, the same as on Twitch. That tier is now called Friendo. Sorry for any inconvenience. It was an experiment that I had on YouTube to make a cheaper tier, but I prefer my memberships on YouTube to be at parity with mine on Twitch. And yeah, it all comes full circle. I'm just saying, chat, you may have noticed that my rambles are doing a lot better than they used to. With the new thumbnail and uh, the new way that I do rambles, where I do them at the beginning of the stream, and I'm getting them out quicker. You gotta remember, chat, once upon a time, the thing I did on YouTube is just share my opinions on stuff, social commentary and all that jazz. To have my somewhat commentary videos getting 100,000 views is like, hell yeah, man. It's funny, I tried to make it as a commentary YouTuber. Didn't really get there. I was getting max like a thousand views by the end when I stopped doing it. Then I became a gamer, made gaming speedrunning content, and then went all the way back to becoming able to make commentary videos again and actually be successful in it. I haven't actually been successful very long. Sometimes, chat, I feel like I've been successful for an eternity, but that isn't the case. Early 2019. I moved from just being barely getting by to successful. And so now we're getting to the end of 2022. Three to four years. It's not a lot of time. I forget sometimes that most of my time in this industry was spent floundering around trying to figure things out. Time flies so fast? Yeah. I guess it just seems like a lot longer because I spend so much time doing it. Like I will legit end this stream and then just edit until I go to sleep and then wake up and do the exact same thing again. I've been doing that for so many years now that it feels like so much longer. YouTube will shadow ban community posts. So I did my first YouTube live stream. Then I made this community post. Thanks for everyone who showed up to my first ever YouTube live stream. I didn't have anything planned and didn't do much, but I received 169 super chats. Very crazy and there is no way I got to them all. If you did send one, I'm terribly sorry I didn't respond to it, and I greatly appreciate your kindness. I will hopefully do better next time, should I do more YouTube live streams. If you want to watch the stream, it is now unlisted, but you can find it here. What's interesting about this, is that this got 33 likes. This was seen by fucking no one. So I'm assuming that if you do a community post, and link to an unlisted video, YouTube just nukes that shit from orbit. Let's very few people see it. This is not members only, you can, you can see. See, that's the members only post. This is not members only. Twitch paying streamers a ridiculous amount of money to play ads. So Twitch has recently updated 
the amount of money that they give for ads. The ad revenue split on Twitch is now more similar to YouTube, where rather than getting a fixed rate, you get a percentage, which is far better. This is actually something I complained about for a very, very long time on Twitch. So previously, you might have gotten $2.50 for every thousand ads that were played, even if Twitch was selling those ads for $10 per thousand plays. Now it's just a 55% split, meaning that people on average get far more for the ads played. I don't think this ever made it into rambles, but Twitch offers like ad incentives now, where if you stream a certain amount and play a certain amount of ads, they give you like an additional bonus of ad revenue. However, Previously, when I tried to get one of these ad incentives, the amount that was given was far too low. Like they were asking me to stream like seven hours a day playing a minute of ads every hour for $600 a month. As like the amount of viewers that I'd ward away or piss off over the course of that month for $600, not worth it. But I guess the amount of money that they offered made it so so few people took advantage of these deals that they've now changed the deals and they're offering more money. Gotha Leon, I think I've heard their name somewhere, tweeted this out. I'm not a fan of automatic ads, but... So they're offering him $21,383 for running three minutes of ads per hour, but you have to stream 133 hours this month. So he has like, what, twice my viewership on average or something. And he's getting offered $21,000? So like this compares to me, I'm getting offered... $1,700 for half a stream amount of time. Why would it be that much lower? My, my average views is half. Half of his, right? So you would expect me to be getting offered half as much. So $10,000. And it's only requiring me to stream half as much time. So you expect it to half again. Based off this, you would expect me to be getting offered $5,000 here. And so I'm confused, like, how they're calculating this. Certainly, this is double what I was previously getting offered. But... This is still not enough money for me to even consider doing it. Someone in chat asked, would I take this deal? No, I just can't stream that amount. And three minutes of ads per hour is really oppressive. But I mean, would I do like a minute of ads for say $7,000? Maybe, I don't know. Like, it's just, I, I don't like playing ads on Twitch. I don't make money the same way other channels do. What is your primary source of money? I'm actually about to start talking about that. So a bunch of creators over the years have made videos where they talk about where their money comes from. There's not a ridiculous amount of these videos because people like to be private about that kind of stuff. Often, especially these larger content creators will suggest that they get more money from sponsors than they do ad revenue. I'm gonna tell you right now, I am not that way. I probably make at least five times as much in ad revenue as I do sponsors. But the reason for this is because of how I operate. Imagine two channels, right? One channel releases one video a month that gets 9 million views. Each month, 9 million views like clockwork. Then you've got another channel that releases 30 videos a month, but each video gets 300,000 views each. So both are getting 9 million views in that month and thus hypothetically making the same in ad revenue. But how sponsors would work for these channels would differ extremely. So this channel if it gets one sponsor, it's getting a sponsor that's getting 9 million views and you can charge a ridiculous sum of money for that. Especially because there aren't many videos that get 9 million views. It is a very small pool. So you can likely charge even a premium for that because it's not like they can go somewhere else to get the same kind of um, eyeballs immediately. This other channel can only, for every sponsor, can only do a 300,000 view video, which is worth far, far less. 
You know, there's no way you're getting 30 sponsors in a month. And even if you did, like, there are tons of videos getting 300,000 views. They're not as uncommon. You probably can't charge a premium. It is also the case that on the 9 million view video, most of those views would be coming from individual people. So there's roughly 9 million people who click to watch the video. But if you're getting 9 million views spread over 30 videos, there's going to be a lot of repeat views there. Each person might be watching, you know, five of those videos. So if one company sponsored 30 videos for 9 million views, their ad would be seen by less people than if they simply sponsored the one video that received 9 million views. So even if this channel got a sponsor for every single one of their videos, they still probably get less sponsor money than the 9 million view video channel. And this is the situation I'm in. I have like two sponsors a month and make me a bit of money, but that's never gonna compare just, just the 30 videos I release a month for ad revenue, you know? And that's what you can hear Mr. Beast say, oh, you know, most of the channels I speak to, they make more money off sponsors than they do ad revenue. And I'll, I'll never be that way with the way that I do my channel. But the flip side of this, I am pretty confident that I get more ad revenue than, than most channels. Partly because I have a lot of long videos and high engagement and all that jazz. Is the money ever enough? The money is never enough, huh? Honestly, it totally is though. Like, as in like, so once you get to a certain point, when you have a certain amount of money, you need to be offered more and more money for you to do stuff. It doesn't matter how much money you have, there's always going to be some amount of money that's gonna get you interested. Like Eminem probably doesn't give two shits about NFTs. Doesn't give two shits. If someone knocks on his door and he's like, hey, we'll give you $50 million to do a show. He's like, motherfucker, sign me up to those NFTs. Monkey JPEGs, I love them. There's always gonna be some price to get you off your ass. It's just the more money you have, the higher that amount needs to be. Cause you don't, you don't need the money. And that's just the case with everyone. Cause it, it doesn't matter how much money you have. There's always some benefit by having just that little bit more. But once you are financially stable, you can become very fucking picky with what you do with your time. Eminem's worth 230 million, yeah. And I'm sure if you, if you, there's, there's still prices that you could offer him to get him off his ass. And, and you know, when he was basically broke, you offer him 50 bucks to go perform at some show. He's like, yes, son, get me on that bus. Like I have two things pulling at me. I have one, which is I have a lot of shit to do. There's always something I could be working on. So if you want my time, I, I need need to be compensated for that. And it's gonna, gonna need to be greater compensation than I would receive just doing my normal work. But also, because I I have a lot of money now, I don't need to do stuff. So if you you come at me with something that seems kind of shady or, or not great or whatever, not interested, you know? The most annoying part of being a YouTuber. So even after all this time chat, it's hard to know exactly what's gonna be successful on YouTube. I kind of just go along with the idea like, this is an idea that I have, it's probably gonna be pretty decent. I'm just gonna do it. Especially if it doesn't require a lot of time investment, it's like, why the fuck not? So I released this video, uh, has AI evolved to understand memes? And I f think the video is pretty good, but tank something fierce. Like the original footage isn't that good, but like the edit is good. I spun, you know, silver into gold kind of thing with this edit, but it didn't do well. And I'm sitting here thinking, why? Was the title bad? I mean, the premise was kind of stupid, just showing memes or, or asking AI memes, but I thought it would have done like, okay. One thing that may have hurt it is that it wasn't eight minutes. I couldn't put mid-rolls in. But this is the annoying thing about YouTube chat, where something goes wrong, doesn't do too well, and you so see you have to sit in your ass and you can just list like 800 possible reasons why, and you're never gonna know. I just wanted to let you in on a bit of the frustrations of being a YouTuber. And you gotta think of this though, I release a video every day, 
Imagine being one of those people who releases one video a month, or even or one video a week or whatever, and you have this happen. And you're sitting there for like the next month being like, what the fuck did I do wrong? What was wrong with my video? <laughs> I'm fortunate I don't have to worry about that all that much, because I mean, just, just move on to the next video, but this isn't YouTube being bad. Like, I, I don't like to think in those terms. This video was not a 10 out of 10 video. It was just a pretty good video, I thought. It was short. I didn't really have a good vision for the thumbnail. I'm not sure the title was that great. Even despite those things, I was surprised how few video uh, views it got, you know? Be sure to like and subscribe. Also leave a comment if you have something on your mind. My feed gives them to me from all over my channel. It doesn't matter how old the video is. I wish you all the best.